Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be addressing the question, isn't it shallow to divorce over lack of sex? And uh, before, and, and people do ask me this, both men and women ask me this. It's not like all people that separate because of intimacy issues are like super excited to break up their family because of intimacy issues. I mean, you know, that's not a thing. Not to mention that most people do not divorce over lack of sex alone. It has to have, there have to be many other issues going on, which of course I will address. Before that though, please do subscribe. My most recent subscriber episode is Kids Deserve a Happy Parent, but do you know what that looks like? And frequently we don't if we're not raised in happy households. So is it shallow to divorce over lack of sex? I mean, I guess it would be if the person couldn't have sex with you because they were sick, then definitely it would be, or because they didn't have genitals anymore in some freak accident, or, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, there's really no situation where one person cutting off another person from something that they need is not a good reason to consider separation, whether this is emotional closeness or physical closeness closeness. So the the reason that people ask this is because our culture is like super sex negative and especially at this point um it makes emotional closeness um it, it puts emotional closeness on a pedestal and physical closeness is like way, way less than. So it seems, so if somebody were to say, isn't being incredibly lonely a shallow reason to divorce, everybody would say, no way. You know, being incredibly lonely is not a shallow reason to divorce. And in fact, everybody deserves to feel like, you know, like they have somebody who's there for them within a marriage. But this is, in fact, exactly what people are saying when there's lack of sex. They're saying, I feel incredibly lonely. I feel incredibly lonely because this is not a marriage in any way that I thought a marriage would be and in any way that our relationship originally looked like, you know. And so this is this tremendous change is is a source of tremendous grief and unending sadness to me. But people don't say it like that because people aren't, you know, super articulate all the time about the things that matter to them. So it, when somebody thinks, isn't it shallow to divorce over lack of sex, it's not lack of sex, it's lack of intimacy. And also, of course, it would be shallow if you didn't even try or you didn't even say anything. You didn't even try to work on the issue. Well, then, yeah, I mean, you do. You definitely made vows in a marriage to be together through thick and thin, etc. But the other person made vows, too, you know, to be together together through thick and thin and to take you seriously and to care about you. So it would be crazy and misguided, and I've certainly never seen it, for somebody to just up after, you know, 10 years of marriage, get up and say, I am leaving you today because our sex life has been inadequate. That just does not happen. You know, I mean, of course, like there are true assholes and sociopaths in the world who would do that. But I mean, I've not met them. They sort of, those certainly aren't the kind of people who come into couples counseling um, or individual counseling for that matter. Um, so what most people mean is I have been trying in some way or another to bring this up. We have gone to therapy. We have talked about it. I have tried to do a lot of changing on my end. And somehow we still keep getting stuck that you should never have to touch me because it's your body and your choice or what have you. And now I'm envisioning the rest of my life without any physical intimacy when that is my primary source of love and feeling good, you know, feeling any happiness. And should it be somebody's source of feeling happiness? 
I mean, I don't know. I just had a podcast on whether sex is a need or a want, and it's certainly a huge evolutionary drive to procreate and to be close with a, with a romantic partner, to pair bond. So if, if that's not going to happen really for the rest of your life, then it is a source of tremendous distress. I mean, I, I always make the analogy with a baby, like, can you love a baby without touching it? No, you know, I mean, you really can't. There's no way to love a baby without touching the baby. I guess you could love it from afar if you're like a grandparent in a d- neighboring country and you can't see the baby, sure, you can love a baby that you don't touch, but you cannot care for a baby. You cannot love the verb. You cannot, the verb love take care of, make feel love. You cannot make a baby feel loved without touch, right? So then there are many humans, adults, that you also cannot make feel loved without touch. And if you are married to one of them and you don't touch them, then yes, that would be a reason for them to leave. And I'm not saying that people don't have very good reasons for not having sex, Like, for example, they're in a very bad marriage or they have an abuse history or they're super depressed or whatever. And I talk about a million reasons for low libido and or maybe the guy's terrible in bed. I talk about that frequently. You know, there are a million reasons. But if you want to remain married and you want to be a loving, close partner, then you would work on some of these reasons. That's kind of the the part that needs to be stressed (laughs) is that you can't be a loving partner or say that you're willing to try if you're not willing to try. what So what willing to try looks like in some people that I work with is women that will show up and discuss sex in couples counseling. This is a big willing to try from a woman that's like super uncomfortable around sex and I have many of them. I also work with a lot of people who were raised like evangelical and they were raised super sex negative. So for those women, sitting in a session with me where we're talking about sex and orgasms is like horrible, you know? I mean, especially at first, you know, it's super outside their comfort zone. And I always encourage the men to say, wow, isn't she doing a really good job showing up and talking to me about sex? This has got to suck for her. It's got to be the worst part of her week. But she's showing up and she's trying. So in that situation, the person is trying. They're trying to get outside of their comfort zone. And when they try to do assignments such as to cuddle or to touch or, or to kiss or whatever – They're getting super outside their comfort zone. Everything is subjective, right? I mean, like, sure, like, it it would be, in fact, shallow to say, you know, I'm going to leave you because I don't get four blowjobs a week. That's, like, what I need to be, like, my best self. But nobody does that. You know, that isn't a thing that happens. You know, when men leave, it's more like we haven't had sex in uh, over a year, And you have not touched me with love outside of rote sex in like three years. And like those are the things that I don't think are bad reasons for leaving because I certainly would not think they were bad reasons for leaving the inverse situation, nor would anybody. You know, the the exact same people that would judge a man for leaving in a sexless marriage situation would not judge frequently a woman for leaving in the same situation. So people have a lot more compassion for a woman that goes over and tries to sit on her husband's lap and he pushes her away um, or a woman that goes and tries to kiss her husband hello and he's and he puts his head the other direction or who begs for him to have sex with her and he says no everybody thinks that that guy is an abusive asshole everybody does but then in the other in the other situation people don't say that the woman is being an abusive asshole 
And I understand that there's gender differences. I don't think that in those cases the woman is, in fact, as unusual as the man would be in that situation because of the differences in testosterone and in basic sex drive and responsive versus spontaneous desire and all of the things that I discuss as major true biological gender differences evolutionarily mediated between, you know, the genders. But there, it, it's not like there's no overlap in how those two people feel. It's not like there's zero overlap in the woman who gets pushed away by her husband and the man who gets pushed away by his wife. They both feel like shit, you know, and over time they both do take on the persona of an abused person because they both are rejected over and over and over. So there is a big difference. So people don't generally leave a woman who says, I can't now. I don't know why this has gotten so hard for me. My drive is so low. Um, Also, like, I don't feel close to you. I want to go to couples counseling. I want to talk to a gynecologist about maybe hormone stuff. I don't know. Also, like, there's this stuff in my past, as you know, where, like, it's been very uncomfortable for me to talk about sex from how I was raised. Maybe I should talk about that in therapy. I don't know. Like, a woman. Woman who's like willing to play ball, like that men don't leave those women over sex. Seriously, like I, I talk about this a lot, and it's probably been a while since I talked about it, but I watched this BBC special years ago, and it was about these women who couldn't orgasm, so they were trying to get this device implanted into their spine so that they could potentially have more sensation on orgasm. And it struck me, even at the time, this was before I was a psychologist, um, how happy the men were in these in these interviews. They were loving. They were loving, happy men. They're, they were not able to give their wives an or- orgasm, and that was like a source of sadness to them and a source of sadness to the women too. And that key part, that last thing I just said, is why they seemed so happy. I mean, they weren't like dancing. Like this was like they, these women were doing like a surgery that involved risks. But what I mean by happy is they seemed happily married. They were like uh, not unhappy. And um, you would think they would be because here they are in a situation where the woman can't get off and this is like a problem for both of them. But it was a problem for both of them. The woman endorsed and validated and shared this feeling of sadness that she could not connect to the man in this way, validated his feelings to, to the po- a point that she was going to involve surgery in order to potentially try something that might or might not work to remediate this problem. But she believed there was a problem. So when a woman believes there's a problem in this situation, no man is leaving. Men are very loyal if the woman is loving, you know. I I mean, look, some people cheat. Some people are assholes. Fine. But the majority of people are good people. And they don't want to leave their marriages. When they leave their marriages, it's gotten to a place where it seems unsustainable and it's incredibly lonely. And for some people, it's so much conflict or unhappiness that they feel like they are being a bad parent. So people don't leave over nothing. And if anybody has said to you, or if you're in the situation where you are considering leaving over sex, for sure, it has gotten very bad. This isn't just like, oh, you got rejected a couple times. This is a situation where you feel like there is no love forthcoming, and it doesn't seem to bother the other person at all, and your views on marriage are so wildly dissimilar that it makes you feel like you would be sacrificing your entire self on the altar of this marriage. And at a certain point, that does not feel like um, a tolerable situation, nor does it seem ethical. You know, it doesn't seem like you're treating yourself with respect or compassion. 
question if you completely repudiate everything that you want in a relationship because the other person just doesn't want to deal with it. And I'm not saying that person does not have plenty of shit that's blocking them from dealing with it. Many of the shit may have been created by you. But still, if somebody does want to remain married, they owe it to the other person to really put themselves out there and talk about and think about and try new things and new approaches. So if you're partnered with somebody that will not try in in a regard that is so cataclysmically important to you, then it is certainly not shallow to consider what separation would look like. You know, and nobody does this lightly, as I say, over and over and over. Nobody does this lightly. So, yeah, I think that it is an interesting thing to discuss. Like, if a spouse has ever said to you, I can't believe that we discuss this all the time. Don't you have anything better to think about? Don't you have anything better to talk about? This is so shallow. This is so stupid. And I have posts and podcasts on, like, when women consider physical touch to be a less real or an inferior or shallow or love language. But, you got to express yourself better. You may not have been, and then it's it's all, you know, it's a it's a disservice to them, you know, because then they can't have any idea about what you really feel. And you need to say, this isn't about sex for me. What this is about is that we don't seem to share a vision of marriage. And I feel increasingly lonely and disconnected and hopeless and stuck and depressed. And I don't see you feeling very happy either. And what we owe it to to the family and to each other is to work on understanding each other's perspective, which wouldn't mean that, like, I just agree with you eventually that sex doesn't matter. And it certainly wouldn't uh, have to mean that you agree that sex is as important as I think it is. But we need to get to a middle ground where we can each understand each other's perspectives and try to work together to create something that is sustainable for both of us so that we do not Um, showcase a miserable marriage to our children, nor do we have to experience one in the only life that we get. So something like that would be something that you ought to say, you know, if you are in this situation, which so many people are, where they feel completely stuck and hopeless because the one person that is supposed to be a source of comfort and love has turned their back on you. At least that's how it feels. And I'm sure they feel the same. They they well may feel the same emotionally. And then you need to work on that too. These things need to be worked on at the same time though. So when you go to couples counseling, as I frequently say, you got to look for somebody who discusses sex and that's not everybody. So, you know, Uh, There's a lot of couples counselors, and I talk about this a lot. Couples counselors are just people. Plenty of them don't like to talk about sex because people don't like to talk about sex because it's a taboo subject in our culture. So you need to find somebody where specifically they talk about sex. Obviously, I am such a person, and I hire such people in my practice, Best Life, um, which I always link to. But if, if you're looking for somebody, do not just assume that after X amount of time of talking about emotions is when we're finally going to talk about sex. Many, many couples counselors believe that after you fix the emotional problems, the sexual problems just fix themselves. And this is why people end up seeing me after years and years of unproductive counseling with other therapists um, where they really learned how to say their I statements very well and how to fight fair and how to rejigger all of the domestic labor and emotional labor and all sorts of fucking labor in the house. And meanwhile, they are celibate and uh, or or might as well be. And uh, it's for years and years. You know, with no hope of change, despite that all these other problems have been superficially solved. 
So anyway, uh, that is your your validation talk for today uh, to validate anybody who feels shamed at the idea of even considering leaving over something as, quote, shallow as sex. It's, this is why it's not. And um, it would be just as, as ridiculous as saying to somebody, you want to leave over the fact that he just calls you a couple of names? He just calls you stupid sometimes or he just calls you fat sometimes. Why would you want to leave him over that? You want to break up your family over something like that? Yeah, well, because it's not just that. It's what it means to be in a verbally abusive relationship. That's what it would mean. So it's not just that you didn't get a blowjob on Tuesday or on, you know, any Tuesday in any year that starts with, you know, two in it, which is more of the normal experience of men that I see. But um, it's that it's what it means. It means like a, a vast wasteland of disconnection and loneliness and misattunement and lack of empathy and that is something that would would make somebody consider divorce or at the very least get into couples counseling asap all right guys um hopefully this was useful to you guys and i will talk to y'all soon have a great day